Hello and welcome to this week's A Plain Account podcast, where every week I and Pastor Alicia McClintock get together and discuss the upcoming uh, gospel lection. We are in lectionary year B, where it's often jumping around. It can feel hodgepodgey with our uh, our selections, uh, but what a still such timely passages that we get to preach from, even in such a uh, tumultuous time. Uh, Alicia, of course, always thanks so much for making time to have this conversation with me, but how how are you processing current events? We, we record the podcast obviously on Tuesday and then gosh, Wednesday, January 6th came about and just like rocked not only our, our nation, but the world. Um, and I'm sure pastors everywhere are, you know, wrestling and trying to grapple with with pastoring in such a time like this, what what does that look like for you? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, we, we all know that we've been living in um, tumultuous, tense, chaotic, divided times for a long time now. Like this, this is, this is not brand new information. Um, Although we are, we, we are (laughs) seeing, so many things that feel unprecedented Mm -hmm. to use the word of the year um when we've been paying attention to the to the life of our community to the to the state of the world like this this hasn't been um out of nowhere right Right. like we've been we've been feeling feeling the weight of navigating divided churches and um and tensions running high for a long time yeah. now. So, so it's not like last week was anything super new, although it was in some ways um, uh, unprecedented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like, as I tried to, to speak faithfully from the scripture, to call our people into faithful following of Jesus in a way that looks like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been feeling the weight of that responsibility um, yeah. uh, to, to show up and to speak um, unpopular things yeah. Um, to, yeah, to wade into those, those waters with grace and truth and, um, uh, and like the firm foundation of just who Jesus is that I keep reminding my people, we can know who God is and what God is about by looking at who Jesus is. Um, mm-hmm. but that, that is a, that is a clear revelation to us. Yeah. Um, and, and, the, and it's just been like, yeah, such a tense time. Yeah. Uh, la- I, I was telling Ben before we went live that like last week I had the first stress dream about preaching that I'd had in a really, really long time. You know, like one of those sort of like you're looking for your notes and you can't find them or you show up or you're unprepared or like mm-hmm. that, like that sort of stuff. I don't even remember what happened. Just remember, just, I'm just feeling this like increasing weight of anxiety to show up and speak words of truth in a really divided intense time. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just like, I, I am feeling that this week. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How about I, you? I, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I think one of the the phrases I I really don't like that I've heard from a lot of uh, leaders, you know, both political and religious lately, like it's good natured, but they'll say that this is this is not who we are. 
Um, you know, and I, one of my first memories in second grade was Ruby Ridge, right here in my own state of Idaho. Um, we have a, a history of people with flags on their trucks and that have stormed the Capitol violently in, since I was a little boy, it would made, made local news. Um, Ammon Bundy and, and the standoff in Oregon over the, over the, um, wildlife refuge refuge thing and that horrible fires and standoff and and guns blazing and things like that and Ammon Bundy continues to make national news about he broke into our capital over uh mask requirements and things like that and so like I can't help but think of all of the times we've heard John the Baptist say repent and change your heart and mind repentance can't happen if you keep saying this isn't who we are you know, the, it's, it has to come with this acknowledgement that like when I saw what happened on Wednesday, I saw things that I've seen in my home state since I was a little boy. This is like, and under the name of, of Jesus, like these were God fearing patriots, the, 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 the phrase that I'd heard ever since I was little. And so like, like to say that that's not who we are is to just be in denial Mm -hmm. and to not want to soberly look at what led us to this moment? Just like you said, it's not something new. It's it's things that have continued to divide. We just saw it in its most extreme way on Wednesday. But this has been a continuing defining force in who we are in our country's history. And so understanding that this is who we are. It's not who we ought to be. It's not who right. we should want to be. It's not who we should be, but it's, it is who we are. So how can we soberly look at that in order to yeah. steps forward in repentance? Yeah, I think that's, that's really um, sobering. Uh, you can't receive a treatment plan if you're in denial about a diagnosis right. Um, right. that like, why, why would you be taking medicine or undergoing a treatment plan if you are in denial that you have any sort of disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is, this is a moment where I, I hope we're clearly seeing the forces of empire unmasked right. for the evil that they are. Yeah. Um, and that we are responding to that with lament, with confession, with repentance, and with a turning toward the way of Jesus, which mm-hmm. is a way of light, of love, of peace, of justice, of nonviolence. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I hope, I hope that like, as we're continuing to keep in step with the spirit and to journey with Jesus to the cross, that we are increasingly shining the light brighter on ourselves to see those things that must be cut mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's so well said. And I, I think as we prepare to segue into our passage today, that these, these elements, even though it's not, um, you know, at the surface seems to be talking about these points of nationalism and our religious identity and who we're called to be as disciples in Christ. I think this text actually fits what things we're trying to grapple with very well. And so um, I think that's a perfect segue to maybe just diving into our gospel lecture this morning. I'm going to read it from the common English uh, translation, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about the, the kind of life that Jesus um, is calling us into and how we might preach this uh, in, in this, uh, I hate the word unprecedented now, in this, in this time that we are in. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's look at John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. 
He first found his brother, Simon, I'm sorry, 43. The next day, Jesus wanted to go into Galilee and found Philip. Jesus said to him, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we found, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and the prophets, Jesus, Joseph's son from Nazareth. Nathanael responded, can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said about him, here is a genuine Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, how do you know me? Jesus answered, before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are God's son. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You'll see, you will see greater things than these. I assure you that you will see heaven open and God's angels come going up to heaven and down to earth on the human one. This is the written word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So as always, where's a really good place to start in unpacking and digesting this text? Ooh, um, I think, well, first remember that like in this season of the liturgical calendar, we're keeping in step with the life and ministry of Jesus. Mm -hmm. We've gone from sweet baby Jesus in the manger, receiving the light of epiphany. Right. And in this season um, before Lent, we are recognizing the light of Christ come to us um, in Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. The, the, the pre-incarnate Christ and the man Jesus together as this, um, this beacon of light about who God is and what God is up to in the world. So mm. that's, that's what epiphany is about is recognizing right. and receiving the light of Christ, who Jesus is. So I, I think we start there by like understanding, um, like understanding and receiving sure. Jesus. Sure. Right. Um, and, and we, and we point to the ways that that demands something of us, mm -hmm. right. That, that we, we have seen, um, like the beginning passages in the season of Epiphany are the gifts of the Magi, right? That that they're uh, that recognizing and receiving Christ demands an act of worship, um, an act of uh, of giving of oneself, mm -hmm. um, and we see that increased over time um, as Jesus grows, as the scriptures say, grows in grace and truth, um, and then we 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 encounter the grown Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, right? Mm -hmm. That there's the there's the baptism moment um, where Jesus is affirmed to be the Son of God, um, and and now it's not just a voice from heaven that's saying those things, but it's other people who are saying those things, and right. so. So we come to, to this moment where Jesus begins um, calling people to follow him. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what does that mean? Like not just giving a gift of worship, but giving your whole life mm -hmm. um, over to, to, this, to this work, to this practice, to, to this journey. Um, I, I, so I think locating ourselves in that space is important. Yeah, that's, that's so good. We, you know, we did focus on the first passage of John, you know, uh, uh, gosh, this, this, uh, the, we, the baptism and then, um, the word made flesh, you know, that was something that we really focused on. So we have this whole cosmic perspective of who Jesus is before we locate into this personal ministry, like you're talking about. So that's, that's a really good context to put, 
put ourselves into. Yeah, and then and then we just have Jesus running around saying, "Hey, you, <laughs> follow me." <laughs> right, right, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. So there, there's this, um, there's this calling mm-hmm. bit um, that I think is important to sit with, uh, as well as well as this these moments of recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. I think maybe that's another invitation of the Epiphany season is to recognize that seeing Jesus isn't a once and done or once and for all sort of thing, but right. it's an ongoing revelation. Yes, um, amen. That that uh, uh, I, I mean, as we see when we keep company with the disciples, that they're that they're always uncovering and seeing and learning more, mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes they say the right thing at the right time, and sometimes they totally don't. Yeah, they totally um, don't. <laughs> and 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 that it's like in keeping company with Jesus uh, that that there there is this like ongoing revelation about. Who mm-hmm he is yeah that's so good and i think we get that sense in what jesus talks about at the very end too about you will see angels uh descending and ascending on the son of man which talking about himself like and you can't help but think again of the cross and the resurrection and how uh jesus is jacob's ladder he is this one that connects earth all of creation back to god that 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 heaven and earth become one in christ and so this that that cosmic element again that we see at the very beginning of john's gospel is is still still there even in this calling of individuals calling calling these people into the grander broader story of god's mission in the world totally totally and if like if that like cosmic picture if the cosmic christ is like that the, is the sort of first nesting bowl. Then the mm-hmm. one that's right inside of that is the story of the people of Israel. And so right. then we have we have this um, this conversation with with uh, uh, Nathaniel and Philip, where Philip says like, "Hey, look, we found the one who we were looking for, the one Moses wrote about in the law, the the yeah. one whom all the prophets told about." So it's it's not just this like a revelation of the cosmic Christ, but this revelation of of the Jewish Messiah mm-hmm. as understood by the Mosaic law and the prophetic tradition. Right. 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 So we locate ourselves within that space to say like, Hey, this is the, this is the one who we've waited for. Right. And um, uh, the, the, the prophet, the King, the Messiah who will set everything right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Who, who will, who will put the world to right. Yeah. Um, and and that and that has a certain character when it, it comes does. from it when it comes from the the understanding of the mosaic law and the prophetic tradition right mm-hmm. the 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 people of israel at that time and in that space had a certain a certain idea about like the one who we waited for about what right. that would mean and what that would look like mm-hmm. well cuz israel has a history of like one of the the benefits of reading the apocrypha the in uh, is understanding like the maccabean revolt and all of the other times that they actually thought could this be the messiah you know the, mm. jesus isn't the first one that they've actually thought maybe this could this could be the one the, you know the messiah that you sent even john the baptist gets some of that rumor around his ministry and some scholars suggest that jesus actually rides into town on a donkey 
a hundred years to the date that Maccabeus rode into town on a war horse with his followers' swords dripping with blood to go and cleanse the temple, slaughtering everyone who's not uh, from Israel or Hebrew in the temple and reclaiming it for Israel with that celebrated several, you know, um, generations of reign there. And yet Jesus comes in on this donkey, the symbol of peace with fishermen and tax collectors and, you know, poor people and lame beggars that he had healed, you know, th th not an army of, of, you know, swords dripping with Roman blood and tipped over tables. Like, so like setting, right. <laughs> setting that into contrast of maybe their, their myths, their understandings of what, uh, a messiah looked like and how a messiah would deliver them we, we really have to understand the history of how israel really understood what the messiah might look like because there's definite characteristics there of what it looks like compared to who jesus was in the world totally yeah do you want to elaborate a little bit further about some of those characteristics of the messiah sure um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we get a really clear picture when we look up the, um, gosh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, their, their strict allegiance to Torah was because they didn't want to go back into exile ever again. It, they right. came back from Babylon and they strictly held to those laws so that God would never send them back. Good intentions, but it actually came out to very legalistic, dehumanizing results. Um, and this very yeah. sort of militant... Um, a persona which actually gave rise to the sect that we call zealots it, and mm. what we would call terrorists today and we know that judas had affiliations with zealots and simon was called simon the zealot uh, and their whole ideology was to violently overthrow and oppose rome at every single turning point when the holy sabbaths came along and the holy feasts and festivals in rome Pilate was actually put in charge there to quell a lot of the uprisings which led to this releasing of prisoners during that time to kind of suppress these Jewish riots that would happen in the streets. And so giving Barabbas, who also had ties to zealotry uh, opposing Rome, that trade was very intentional. They wanted to yeah. trade Jesus this kind of, you know, tender, gentle healer, teacher for this Barabbas son of God, who that name means son of the father, um, who would actually help lead an insurrection against Rome. And so yeah. there's these archetypes of Messiah that Israel is functioning with um, that, that may put Jesus in a very different, you see this when Peter says, when Jesus uh, predicts his crucifixion, and Peter says, no, that can't be with you. Why does he say that? Because you can't overthrow Rome when you're dead. You can't overthrow right. Rome when you're crucified. And there's, there's much precedence to say that Judas betrayed Jesus to force his divine hand to call down the legions of eight angels to overthrow Rome. And when that didn't happen, he killed himself in despair because he betrayed an innocent man, you know? Right. So there's all of this. And not to mention the trial, there's so many places where this nationalistic ideology showed itself that's tied to who the Messiah was supposed to be. And that leads us, I think, right into our passage today, where Scott Daniels and several other scholars have said that 
So the fig tree is this very political symbol for Israel, much like the bald eagle and the American flag for Americans today. Um, and it's also tied to, you know, fertility and the, the abundance of fruit and, and goodness that, that Israel might produce. And so finding yeah. Nathaniel under that tree, whose name means God gives, and mm. Philip, whose name means lover of horses or lover of war, horses being, you know, the tanks of the day, coming and finding Nathaniel there yeah. and, and thinking that no uprising, no hero of Israel is going to come from Nazareth, right? Then, yeah. So it, all of those things are kind of coming to a fore for the people of that context. And totally. one final thing before I, you know, <laughs> there's a lot to digest here, but there is something to say that Jesus calls out Nathaniel's national identity, Israelite. He doesn't mm -hmm. mention other things about him. He knows all of Nathaniel, but I think it's key here that Jesus says, here is an Israelite in whom mm -hmm. there's no deceit. It's not son of God or, or a good disciple or any other sort yeah. of name that Jesus could have used. He highlights Israelite. And I think, I think yeah. those, those bear some sense of trying to uh, see how they pair with articulating and digesting our time frame right now. Totally. And, and so then I, I love that, that um, Nathaniel is then called out from under mm -hmm. the fig tree, exactly. right? Like, like we've, we've seen, we've seen the fig tree um, represented in other, like used as a metaphor in other places, mm -hmm. right? There, there's a, there's the famous cursing of the fig tree that, that happens um, where it's as Jesus is walking to Jerusalem encounters a fig tree that is not bearing fruit and um, curses it for not being fruitful. So, so there's, there are several other like cross-reference kind of passages that, that, that point to this use of the image of the fig tree as a metaphor for mm -hmm. a fruitful and thriving Israel. Um, and, and it, it is fascinating that we encounter Nathaniel under the fig tree and then Jesus calls him out from under that mm. space and into a new so kind powerful. of reality new kind of identity and um and that like that's the that is so much the work that Jesus is doing as he forms a new Israel in the community of disciples mm -hmm. there's there's this formation of a new kind of identity where Jesus is always saying the the reign of God has come here the kingdom of heaven is here and now and it's for you and it's for everyone that Jesus is in the, in the business of moving all creation to new creation. And that, that begins among the house of Israel, among mm -hmm. the community and the people of God to fulfill all those covenant promises that God has made. And also it is for the whole world and the entire cosmos, right? Yes. That, that this yes. is the work that Jesus is doing mm -hmm. um, to consistently say like, yes, there are some roots that's, that, that, that dig deep into the community of Israel. And also the tree is so much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. the, the tree is so much bigger. Than that. Absolutely. And like you just saying that alone brings up Jesus was crucified on the tree, it was cursed upon that tree, you know, and so there's, there is so many symbolic elements here that we can draw on to point to the very character of, of Christ in God's mission in the world, because I think so often we don't 
understand how unique and, and how obvious scripture is trying to make Christ's character mm-hmm. in contrast to the expectations of what the Messiah was supposed to be. That the disciples, even the ones closest to him, continued to get tripped up on um, right. and, and didn't understand. Right. Yeah. I, I think there's, there, yeah, there's another layer of this seeing and perceiving mm-hmm. here um, that where, where they, they think they've found the one that they have looking for and they have, but he's not who they thought he was going to be in some sort of way. So, um, but I, I do really love this line. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure I entirely know what to say about it. Um, but Jesus's words to Nathaniel here is a true Israelite in whom there is no deceit or mm. nothing false. Mm. Right. Um, and, and perhaps it is this space of like no falsehood, no deceit, no trickery that yeah. like, <laughs> that like Nathaniel can, can perhaps may, maybe he's primed to see more clearly. Mm. If that makes sense. Um, and so it just like, it just has me thinking about the, the ways that we ought to be preparing our hearts to be free from deceit or false things yes. um, so that we might truly receive the truth of Jesus. Right. And I, gosh, that's, that's so powerful because it almost makes me think that it was not just a comment on Nathaniel's character, but also kind of a a prophetic word over him that said mm. like because right after that he says truly you are the son of god it's like well clearly he can see things really 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 transparently with no deception or or um distraction from that and, and i think that to me it drives me to think what myths am i operating under you know what yeah. myths do we as god's people operate under because obviously that myth and and myth is tied to you know, maybe good intentions or truthful observations from the past, but may turn into almost legend to where it's part fiction and part fact, which can be some of the most devastating consequences. I, I think it might be a good opportunity to talk about what this this myth, this narrative or lore about a Christian nation, because, um, mm. you know, that's that was a, a deep narrative for all of my upbringing um, was this notion of that. And then, you know, you get to, to, to seminary and realize that, you know, the founding fathers were congregationalists, Anglicans, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Catholics, deists and atheists and deism and 19th century enlightenment ideology was just so pervasive in that time. And you just see it so transparently in the, the, the declaration of independence and the constitution and so it left me thinking, well, like, what kind of Christianity are we talking about? You know, mm-hmm. Puritan Christianity, Anglican, Catholic, Lutheran, deistic Christianity? Like, what, what kind of Christian nation are we actually talking about when we advocate that sort of sentimentality? And let alone, because that's going to shape then what kind of nation we're trying to keep it being and what nation we're trying to be as a people let alone who were we supposed to be as the church in the midst of it? Because I, I think we get so preoccupied with who we are to be as a nation that we forget our call as the church. Like uh, the church becomes this mouthpiece of who we are to be as a nation rather than the, the body of Christ that we're called to be. And I think that's the most devastating, tragic sacrifice. that We sacrifice who we are called to be as the church 
for who we're called to be as some temporary nation state in the history of the cosmic reality of God's mission. Right. And so then the, then the discerning work is listening to, to the appropriate call. Like we're listening to the call of Christ to be identified as the body of Christ. And that's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. We're called out from under the other trees, which we have previously camped under. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's not inherently a negative value judgment about about some of those things right i i think as we talk about these misconceptions of jesus the messiah i i do think it's really important to to understand that 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 if we're going to receive jesus as he truly is it has to be within the context of the jewish messiah god's Mm -hmm. faithful covenant to the community of israel the ways that god has always been faithful to that covenant god's righteousness and covenant faithfulness has has been manifested through this particular community in very particular Mm -hmm. ways and and so it's not like yeah, it, it, it's not a rejection or an erasure of those things, no. but, a, yeah. but a fulfillment of those things and saying that like, like that particularity is only one part of the great big story mm-hmm. that God is moving all creation to new creation. Right. And that is for everyone always. Absolutely. Um, so, so, but, but we, but we don't <clears throat> appropriately get to the for everyone always, if we don't also dig deep into the particularities of the Jewish Messiah in a particular point in time. Right. right? So, so we're trying we're trying to hold those things together to to affirm this yes and like mm-hmm. yes yes to the very particular jewish messiah that who jesus is um a manifestation of these promises that god has made to be with god's people to to be the king um to be the ruler that they have always needed and desired um full of goodness and light and justice and peace um to that 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 we we affirm those things and also affirm that God is doing something cosmically greater right than, right. than just one particular nation state in one particular corner of the world at exactly. one particular century mm-hmm. so so it's it's always this the sort of holding together of the historic concreteness alongside this like great cosmic reality right anyway i say all of that to say that i that as as we're rooted in this particular cultural moment here and now we we say we we say the same thing um Mm -hmm. that that god is doing something so much more but we can't erase our particular cultural understandings or histories or or whatever. And there are some, some things that need to be repented of and turned away from. Mm -hmm. And, but we, but like we said earlier in the beginning, we don't, we don't get to that place if we're not like looking with clear eyes at our particular um, context and historical moment. Right. So Um, important. Yeah. Cause then it begs the question, what is our Nazareth? Like, what do we think, what places do we think that God can't possibly come about in the way that God wants to bring about God's mission, like through a, a peasant from Nazareth, you know, one who's, who's literally changed the world because of the, that concrete historical ministry in that 
particular place in time brought yeah. about this cosmic change in, in, in the world. And so it really does bring about this question of where do we least expect God come? Would we allow God to come from those yeah. places? Um, I think that's just such a deep challenge to a, a lot of the preconceptions and certainties that I think we've built um, in, in our particular time and place. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm consistently convicted about this um, opportunity to receive Jesus as he actually mm -hmm. comes. Um, I like to receive the person who Jesus is um, and not who I wish Jesus was mm -hmm. or who I've sort of told myself Jesus ought to be, um, yeah. but who Jesus actually is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, so in those, in those moments, I'm deeply encouraged by the disciples who aren't called by Jesus when they have it all together. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. Like exactly. None of, none of these people have any sort of supernatural knowledge yeah. about Jesus, but they, but they are listening. They are paying attention. And there is some sort of glimmer of hope that they see that prompts them to say yes mm -hmm. to, to Jesus's radical call. Yeah. Um, and, and they learn as they go and they learn as they move with Jesus. Um, and so, so that, that is encouraging to me. And I, I, I guess I remind myself um, and I hope I'm reminding my people in my preaching um, to be doing the cultivating work to till my own heart so that I am free from falsehood and from deceit um, that I, that I am open to the truth of who God is, what God has done in the past and what God is doing now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and always saying the next yes to the call of Jesus. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. even if I don't fully understand it, even if I'm, even if I like, I think it might be one way and it surprises me with a different way to like keep yeah. on saying yes to the following of Jesus mm -hmm. in, in this, in, in this movement, this like great revolution um, that highlights the least and the last and the lowly that mm -hmm. reaches to the outsiders. That's always pulling up another chair at the table. Um, that's, that's, that's um, offering comfort to those who are mourning and lamenting and sick and dying, the the one that's offering food to those who are hungry, um, the one that's offering uh, uh, peace to those in conflict, um, and and always walking in humility and justice. Yeah, amen. Oh, that's so good. I think that really encourages encourages me to remember that you know it's such a challenge to me that like it, there. It, <laughs> God really does accept us even in our most, you know, when we don't have it all together. And it reminds me of Jacob, you know, he mentions this, this angels coming up and down with the symbol of Jacob's ladder and Jacob wrestled with God. And that's what the name Israel means, one who wrestles with God. And I think so much of our, our identity as Christians has to be understood in that context like it's not this okay we're a christian and we're done we have it all figured out now we're going to move on it's a continual uh wrestling or outworking like paul would say of our of our faith like working out our 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 salvation and fear and trembling it's this humble hard work 
of really understanding who we are supposed to be with this cosmic God in our his concrete historical reality. Totally, totally. Yeah, because how, how else do we move through or move forward when, when we have those voices in our head that say, can anything good come from Nazareth? Right. And we say like, okay, yeah, wait a minute, yeah. check yourself, like, and keep, keep working it out. Right. right. And, and this is, this is the work that we do in community. This is the work that we do every week when we come to the scriptures together as, as the body of Christ, and mm -hmm. um, that, that we, we earnestly seek the true Lord. And, yeah. And we, and we rest on the promises that God is waiting to be found by those who earnestly seek God, mm -hmm. like with, with a truthfulness of spirit. I, I keep coming back to that, to that description of Nathaniel being without deceit or yeah. without falsehood right. um, uh, to, to, to come to the scriptures, honestly seeking the true Lord, mm -hmm. trusting that God will reveal God's self, God's character, God's mission, God's purposes to us as we as we do that wrestling work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I would love uh, maybe to conclude our podcast by by praying for those who listen to us today, uh, so that as they prepare to preach and continue to faithfully lead in this time, uh, we'd love to love to pray over our listeners um, as we conclude our. Our podcast today. Uh, Alicia, I'll, I'll begin and why don't you close us out? Yeah. Holy God, we are so thankful for those who continue to diligently serve you and your people. Lord God, just with teachers and so many other uh, health healthcare officials and leaders in our culture right now, pastors too have this this deep burden on their hearts and their and their minds of wanting to lead faithfully and wisely in such uh, tumultuous days, Lord God, and we've seen roots of this in in the the recent years leading up to up to points like this, Lord God, and we still don't know what the future holds, and that sort of um, anxiety can sometimes seize us in the night can sometimes preoccupy our, our minds during the day um, and, and really have a physical and mental emotional toll um, on, on our pastors. And so, Lord God, I pray that your hand of peace would be upon them. Your spirit would shine down upon them and give them strength and, and mercy in days like this. And let them know abundantly and tangibly that you are with them and you are going to be, be a support in the midst of their speaking, in the midst of their praying, in the midst of their compassion uh, to their people in these days, in their particular context, Lord God. And we at, here at A Plan Account don't presume to give general words that fit every single context, Lord God. And, and the pastor has a hard task of speaking your cosmic mission into their particular context. And Lord God, we know that your spirit is effective to give the words needed for such time as this. And so, Lord, I just pray that 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 prayer of, of direction and wisdom over all who listen to us today. We pray these things in your name. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. I offer you all the, um, the blessing and prayer of St. Patrick. May Christ be with you. May Christ be before you. May Christ be behind you. Christ within you. Christ beneath you. Christ above you. Christ on your right. Christ on your left. Christ when you lie down. Christ when you sit down. 
Christ when you are raised, Christ in every heart of everyone who thinks of you, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks to you, Christ in every eye that sees you, and Christ in every ear that hears you. May you be enfolded in the peace of Christ, the power of the Spirit, and the love of the eternal God. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for all of you who uh, are listening. Please let us know how we can continue to support, um, not only with our resources here to plan a cow, but through uh, any sense of encouragement or prayer that we can be uh, with you. We're thankful for you. Uh, appreciate so much your daily dedication to the work of the kingdom. Um, and we look forward to being with you again next week. Peace of Christ be with you. Preach on.